Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to The Tonight Show. The government says it's worried about the price of food but won't be intervening to cut grocery costs. We've been quite clear. We are seeing input costs going down and we expect to see that replicated at the supermarket till. And when we meet again on the 21st of June, we'll be able to analyse what efforts have been made. Senator Eileen Flynn joins me after revealing a taxi driver refused to bring her home to her halting site. And a drag event in Carlo is cancelled following a number of complaints. You can join our conversation online with your comments and your questions on the hashtag tonight VMTV. Shoppers have seen their grocery bills skyrocket today. The big retailers were brought in by government to see what could be done about it. But the government says it won't be doing down, going down at uh, the route of price controls following advice from the Competition and Consumer Protection Commission. Still, Minister for Finance Michael McGrath said he had concerns about how prices are going up and down. I think it's important that we do place pressure on the sector. There's certainly strong competition there, um, but I do think they don't help themselves when you see one of them making a move on a particular product, such as milk, for example, and within hours they all make the same move. And that doesn't send out a good signal about the competitive health of the sector. Earlier, our Southern correspondent Paul Byrne spoke to shoppers in Cork about food prices and the cost of shopping now really crazy like it seems to be going up a third of the price nearly some things you know i noticed with the nappies and any baby related stuff just getting going higher and higher like something has to be done the government have to step in i suppose and make some changes like caps prices or whatever like that you know um i'd buy a lot of vegetables even they have gone up a lot i shop daily so i probably would say my shopping has gone up maybe 10 euro a day even up to 25 30 percent Easily. Yeah, a lot more. Actually, I can't believe I've been honest, but you know, I, I have an apartment in Spain and the, the, the amount of, you, know, you could live off 50 euro a week over in Spain, here, 200, 150, it's crazy altogether. I think, you know, it's very hard on families nowadays, you know, like there's only one person working in my house, so, you know, it is tough, it's tough out there. It's tough out there. I think those people are reflecting what a lot of people at home will be feeling. Well, let's bring in our panel. I'm joined by Senator Roisin Garvey from the Green Party, Senator Lynn Boylan from Sinn Féin, and by media consultant Tom McEnany. You're all very welcome along to the programme tonight. Um, to come to you first, um, Roisin, leaders from all the main supermarkets were invited along to the retail forum, as it was called, over concerns about high food prices. Uh, what happened in that hour and a half um, that would give new confidence that the issue of high pricing uh, well beyond the core inflation rate will be dealt with and will come down. Well, I mean, it's good that he called them in, Minister of State, um, Neil Richmond called them in. I think that's really good that he did that. Um, today, they have said they are going to bring the prices down. He's saying he's going to be, be expecting this to be happening over the next few weeks and he's called them back in in June to make sure it has happened. 
look, time will tell. I see butter and bread and milk are dropping, but everything else needs to drop in line with inflation, mm -hmm. which has dropped from 10 to 6%. Um, I know what Neil Richmond had to say was where input costs have come down, um, retailers say they will pass them on to consumers. But it's all really very much at the behest of, of retailers to do that. Yeah, and, 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 we, and we know a lot of the big retailers are making big profits and we've always been advocating for better prices for dairy and, and meat in Ireland and we, we saw that with the, the big move, uh, move from Tesco to come into Ireland and other companies that we didn't always see the prices passed on to the producers themselves. So it's, it's very unfair on the producers as well as the consumers. Um, I think it's good the meeting happened today. I think it's a positive first step. But we have to see prices dropping in the next few weeks. Yeah, is that how you see it as a first step? We've been given this June 21st uh, mm -hmm. day you know, six weeks, come back and see where we're at there. Um, the opposition will be looking for something a bit more tangible than that. Uh, can you see where they're coming from on that? Yeah, I mean, I can see in some ways you could say, look, let's put a price cap on things, but that's not as simple as it sounds either because, like, I live in the middle of nowhere in a small area. We've got small shops that, you know, often have higher prices, but actually everybody uses the small shops sometimes on their way home from mass or, you know, going when they can't get to town or whatever. And um, if you put in price caps, that will affect them as well. So we don't want to close down the small shops of rural Ireland either. So it's tricky. Um, but I do think this is a very serious issue because if inflation is coming down, prices need to be seen coming down. Now, they did say there was a clear undertaking by all the major retailers that came in today and they did turn up and they did commit to bringing down the prices. But we'll have to did see that. Did they commit? They, they said there was a clear undertaking by all major retailers that they will bring prices down um, and that they've already brought down three three prices of bread, milk, the staples have to come down first. Okay, all right. Um, a hard commitment there, Lynn. Do you, would you agree um, that, that, that that's what happened during this? Not obviously, no, you weren't at the, no. the, the this, this retailers' forum. Um, where, so we don't know exactly what went on behind closed doors, only from what we have heard from it, that this June 21st date has been set. Um, go away now and see what you can do in order to bring better value to hard-pressed shoppers. It seemed like it was a bit of a cosy chat between the minister and the big retailers. And uh, you, you know what, do your best and, and we'll come back and look at it in six weeks' time. I mean, that's not the approach that you should be taking in the case of an emergency where we know that people's household bill or grocery bills have gone up about €1,200 Euro per annum. That's about €30 Euro per week. So to even say, come back in six weeks' time doesn't show any urgency. He should be saying, come back in two weeks' time and we're setting targets. We want to see the prices come down. We don't want just assurance to say that where input costs go down, the price reductions will follow. We need a little bit more urgency from the Minister. We've also called for the, um, the consumer uh, CCPC to do a report and to look at the prices across uh, the grocery sector because we've heard from even the ECB in, in Europe who you know, are saying that it is gouging. There has been greed inflation during the crisis. It has been occurring. It has led to the increase in prices in, okay. in energy and in groceries. So it is, it's not good enough for the minister to say, I'm going to hear what the retail sector is, take it at face value and then give, give them six weeks and we'll come so back and we'll of, look at it. So what sort of um, targets are you, you, you looking at? Like what reductions do you want to see? What targets are you talking about? Well, I think you'd get the CCPC to do the report as well. So in two weeks' time, call them back in. Don't give them six weeks. Call them back in in two weeks and have an assessment of where, where prices are at and has there been any reductions. But also get that report done and published so we can actually see what's going on behind, uh, do you mean, the, the prices 
prices that you see on the shelves. We've also called for the publishing of the, the profits, um, which is something we know that a lot of the big supermarkets, they roll it all into their profits with across the, the water as well. So we don't get to actually see how much they're profiting. Okay. On this I, I just um, on that you were nodding away, Roshin, um, you know, when we we're talking there about, you know, instead of six weeks, you know, get them in in two weeks. Mm. Would you th would you think that there needs to be that urgency around it instead of waiting um, till like, you know, mid to end not, of June? The plan isn't that you don't have to do anything for the next six weeks. You know what I mean? They, they have they have been and it wasn't a cosy chat. In fairness to Neil Richmond, he he called them in saying, "Look, lads, this is serious. The inflation's gone down. We need to see the prices going down with it." He's given them opportunity to do so. Mm. You know, he can't tell them they have to do it right now. He doesn't have those powers, unfortunately. But it's far from a cosy chat. He was quite demanding. Should there be increased power? Should there be more? You know, should there be more clout in the government side to, to do something about this? Like we heard from shoppers there, and I think that view is fairly reflective of how people feel when they're when they're you know they get their to to the checkout and and they find out what a couple of bags of shopping is costing every week. Yeah, no, it's a good question. Maybe something we have to look at to prevent this happening in the future as well. Well, there, there is there is an opportunity to accept the amendments to the Agri Food Regulator, which right. would actually give a regulator with uh, with teeth to look at that to make sure that there's have, no anti no that is to make sure that there's no anti-competitive pricing going on. We do need a regulator with teeth. Um, I want to bring Tom in here, Tom. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're a media consultant, but you have a special interest in the area of retail. And you very much come down on the, the retailer's side on all of this. Um, when, you see, when you hear, I suppose, the prices people are paying um, for groceries at the, at, at the moment, that seems a bit out of whack. The prices people are paying for groceries, for insurance, yes. for electricity. But there We're is core in inflation. There is core inflation that's somewhere around, what, 6.9% 6 at the end of the first quarter. But we have food inflation, according to the CSO, uh, running at 13%. Kantar say it's running at 16.6%. It's yeah. an awful lot higher than it core is. inflation. It is. And for a whole load of very simple reasons, mainly because it's labour-intensive industry and uh, at a time of full employment, most supermarkets are having to pay a lot more in order to, try, uh, to attract in workers. Insurance costs, despite what the government is doing, but that wasn't, have been was, going up year Was that year not year. always the case, I mean, with, with staffing and, and with all of those things? Well, no, it's, it's significantly worse now. It's one of the biggest issues for supermarkets at the moment. But we have... No evidence. I mean, zero evidence. Whatever about what's going on at the European level, and that's fine, the ECB is talking about what's going on. There is zero evidence being presented about by anybody that there's any anti that, that there's any there's zero evidence that there's any anti-competitive practices going on in retail in Ireland. Anybody who knows retail, anybody will tell you it's one of the most competitive sectors okay. in at the same time, what's happened today is a charade. Basically, they came out after the meeting of the Retail Forum and said the way things operated last month and last year is exactly the same as the way things will operate now. In other words, we've got a competitive market and if input prices come down, uh, 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 the retail prices will come down. At the moment, if you're a shopkeeper, especially a small shopkeeper, and by the way, I don't know this thing about shopkeepers making huge profits. We don't know what the big, uh, the big supermarkets are making. That's just don't know. Publish the profits. We don't know. So, we we can't, so we can't they say they're making super profits. That is a valid question. Should, should we know how much profits they're making? Well, should we know what any company's profits are 
profits are. Well, for do you something think, like this, well, do you think when you're talking actually about basic, like food and staple foods and what people can I, actually I, afford... I, I absolutely... That, 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 I, there I, should be some transparency be some around that when it comes to the high prices. I believe that if the politicians... Price of being the, the producer, the milk producer, or the, the person growing the food, and look at the price they're charging, and you can see they're making uh, it, it loads be, of money and it, the wages it, they're paying their it workers. It would be very useful to have a report. It would be very useful if the politicians who are speaking authoritatively about this and saying things like greed inflation and people are making super profits had one iota of information to back that up. I spoke to two retailers just today. I spoke to two retailers. I'm just explaining. I spoke to two retailers just today. Most small shops in Ireland are working on margins of about 1% to 2%. Now, that information you can get from the CRO, from the company's re uh, registration office. There is zero, it's a very competitive market. The Consumer and Competition Protection Authority okay. came out and has advised the government it would be a really bad idea to start um, um, uh, putting on price caps because it would have the opposite effect. In countries where they've put in price caps, what they found is you get less competition because a lot of the smaller shops get driven out of All right. Uh, can I ask growers? Um, I was talking to growers today. They don't see their payment going up in, in comparison mm. to the price going up. In the, so there's, this, there's some issue there, Tom. You know, and it, it's not the grower. You know, the, I know growers. I was talking to lots of them today, big mm. suppliers. They haven't got any increase in price. If anything, it's gone down. And we know this has happened mm. since the 80s when the big companies have been slowly bringing down the prices and pushing producers of food in this country to the wall. Roisin, can I ask you, your party is in government. Mm. So what's your party doing about it? What, about everything or about food prices? Well, about food prices. Oh, yeah. you, you're, you're very vocally speaking out about the price yeah. the farmers getting versus the, the, you know, the, the, the money that supermarkets are making here. Yeah, I suppose the thing is we've always said that you should have better quality. Quality should be recognised. I'm, I'm on the record for saying often that we see small farmers getting paid the same price as intensive dairy farmers for a much better quality product. And we haven't had that differentiation. I suppose that's why you see the move towards paying more organic farmers because they are guaranteed sure. a better but price. Just on, just on. On this thing here? Yeah, yeah. on this matter here. Well, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, no, no, I know. The new, what the enrichment did today, by, as by I shoppers. said, it's just the first step. It's not, is it enough? No, I, I don't think today's only the beginning of us dealing with this properly, I think. Um, we heard Tom mentioning there are no price caps. They haven't worked elsewhere. Lynn, do you believe, does Sinn Féin think that there should be price caps in, in place, say on uh, a basket of, of, staple, of staple goods? What we've said is that we would like to see the CCPC carry out the report, but we'd like to keep price caps on the table as an option. The, the, because, the, I mean, it, it makes no sense for a government to go, we're not going to do okay, that, well, rule it out completely, and then go in and try and play hardball. Okay, with, the Competition with, with and Consumer Protection uh, commission, the CPCC, um, warned the government not to introduce price controls. Do you believe that's something that, that could be looked at, though? Well, that's what I'm saying. It should be an option that's kept on the table. It's not the first option you'd go to, but it is an option that's there. It can be legally done. So but would first you, of all, would you agree we would with rather... what the, the, the CPCC are saying then? Or, or where well, do we would you stand like on the issue of price controls? The analysis, do the report, come back and publish it and keep that option open. But I think it doesn't make any sense if you're going in to negotiate with the big retailers and you're already, before you go in and negotiate, and going, we're not going to have price caps, so don't worry, lads, it's fine. Do you I, mean, that's I, not, that's not that. a negotiating position. The government that, said they weren't going to introduce price caps. Worry, we can assume that the government asked the CCPC for advice on a specific subject, that the CPCP... CCPC, <laughs> we'll get there. the Consumer Authority, will have 
will have done its research and done its analysis before, it. which is another issue. And and I actually agree with you. And I, the government has said that they will publish it once they speak to Neil Rod, uh, Richmond and once they speak to the Consumer Authority themselves. Okay. But let's assume that they have done the analysis. The fact is that they are saying that this is a bad idea. And I imagine, and we don't know yet, so we don't know for a fact. I imagine they're saying it's a bad idea because in the countries where it was brought in previously, like Spain or Greece or France, the result was that you had much less competition. You had small retailers being driven out of the market and ultimately but prices but went can up. Can I ask you a question, Tom? Can I ask you a question when you're saying it's all very competitive and all of that and, and you know, the, the margins that are being made? How then can price drops happen across the board for exactly. milk, butter and bread? How can they be explained? But easily, because we are at a time when, because it's a competitive market, so when one operates, when one shop drops its prices. It's so competitive that all the other shops have every, to drop and, their prices And they're operating as well. then at a loss. Is that what's no, happening? No, 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 no. They're only... So what, they're, they're coming they're only, down they're to... Only, they're not the... dropping prices generally. They're, not, they're only dropping the price of... Um, um, so they're operating at a loss then on, the, on, the, on milk, butter and bread? I, I, I can't authoritatively tell you. I can tell you it makes it for good marketing because when they're but doing it at this I'm time, asking because if Tesco all those, drops I'm the asking, price I'm of bread, just trying to get my head around it because if they may all those be operating prices went loss, up they may be lost and leaders. other prices are moderating yeah. and then they drop their prices to, to maybe reflect yeah. a, a moderation in prices across the board, then surely, you know, they were, they were making money and they were no, no, they, all priced at one level. I mean, it, I mean, is that, is that an argument that can be made there? Putting lost leaders out, grocers putting lost leaders out, having things be, be the carrots or minced meat or bread that are at a, that they're selling at a loss in order to bring people in, into their shops is hardly anything new. It's been the way the Irish retail market has been operating for a long time. And at the moment when they do it, they're guaranteed a huge amount of publicity. So I think it's quite clever. Um, uh, do you accept, uh, Roshan, that the government needs to come up with a plan? We have this, as I say, June 21st, come back and we'll see where we're at. Um, but do you think that's something, you know, what would, what would be deemed a success? Obviously, price is coming down, but do we need to see kind of statistically how they're coming down there? Will they be looking... I know their monitors... The uh, that data? I think their monitors every Tuesday looking at the prices of everything is what he said today. Um, I'm just taking what I, what, I, what I was given today by the State Minister mm. of State. What we've asked for is to make sure the monitor the price to see them coming down straight away, not do nothing and then in six weeks' time because they've meet, they're meeting the minister to, to drop something. I mean, he's monitoring every week and so are the CRU, I think, as well. So and we're hoping to see prices drop in lots of other commodities in the next few days even. I mean, but I, I can't guarantee that and I won't pretend I can guarantee that, but that's what we should be looking for. Claire, okay. bottom line is, if I, if I may, the bottom line is just that the government hasn't achieved anything over the last couple of weeks and it's not in a position to achieve anything because the only lever it has is to put price caps on a very limited number of goods and we know from experience of countries where that's happened that all that happens is A, the price of other goods goes up and B, the level of competition comes down because do small just, shops are You just said that the price the goes up anyway. If they reduce the price of milk, they'll put the price up somewhere else. And, and that's what I'm saying. Loss. That's exactly so, what I'm so, saying now. Well, then it makes no difference. Your argument against price caps doesn't make any sense. It, if you're it, saying that that's exactly what they're doing right now with the price of milk and the price of butter, that if they my reduce the price, price caps they're is, obviously making, if they are okay. making a loss, they're putting... It drives a lot of small shops out of business and that's not good for competition, not good for the consumer and certainly not good for those small shops. We're going to... 
leave that there for now. Um, I suppose there might be a weekly price check um, at the, the uh, and see where that comes where that comes in. But I guess this uh, six week uh, deadline will also be be looked at closely. Um, that's all we have time for on that. My thanks to Roisin Garvey, to Lynn Boylan, and to Tom McEnany. Coming up next, we discuss the issue of traveller discrimination after Senator Eileen Flynn reveals that a taxi driver wouldn't drive her home uh, to her halting site. Do stay with us. of the Oireachtas to come from the traveller community. Her home is on a halting site and her intervention has sparked a debate about traveller discrimination. Senator Eileen Flynn joins me now. I'm also joined by columnist Eno Doherty and Lorcan Nyan, Head of Media Training at the Communications Clinic. And before we get um, to our panel uh, now, I want to play a clip of Eileen speaking last week in the Shannon. Here's what she had to say. Last night, I got a taxi home from, from town and the taxi driver refused to take me into my, uh, into my house in, in Hawtonside. So if I went down to be the president of Ireland or being a top surgeon or whatever you may want to go on to be, no matter what you are or no matter who you are, to a lot of people, I'm still just a member of the traveller community. I'm still just a pikey, uh, an acker, somebody who came from absolutely nothing. And last night I felt that very, very right to the gut of my stomach, thinking, oh my God, you're never going to be good enough in, in society, no matter what you do. So I tried to, to speak to the driver, saying to him, look, I'm a public representative. I'm not going to lose my job because of this fear, you know? So he refused and I said, I'm, I'm not taking this. So I said to him, I said, I won't be paying you. I said, I'm not going to pay you if you won't take me to my destination. And to make a long story short, he said, oh, he said, I'm going to ring the guards. So I said, no, actually, I'm going to ring them because you're the one that's committing the crime, not me. Um, called the guards and the operator um, said, this is a waste of guards' time. And I said, OK, I understand that, but this is a crime that's going on. He's not bringing me into where I need to be brought. And um, I wasn't going to pay him the money. So... He then, I explained to the, to the operator I was a public representative, wasn't going to let any harm come to the taxi driver. And then the taxi driver said, I'll take you in, he said, if the operator stays on the phone. Right? So I had to go through all of that. Um, and Eileen joins me now in the studio, as long, along as I say, with or, uh, Lorcan and Ian. Eileen, you're very welcome along to the programme. That was you honestly and brutally uh, talking about what it's like to be a traveller in Ireland in 2023. Yeah, just I'll start off by saying I live and my permanent address now is in Donegal with my husband and my two children. When I'm in Dublin, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I stay in Labry Park. People say, never forget who you are. For me, it's never forget who you are. And unfortunately, I went into the Shannon last Thursday and my emotions got, got the better of me. And I needed to share that real experience along with my colleagues in the Shannon. And I have, I'm privileged to have the platform that I have to be able to share such a horrible experience in 2023 uh, in Ireland. And just to say that this is not anything new. 
This happens to members of the traveller community on a daily basis. Has it happened to you before, Eileen? Yes, it has. It has happened to me before. And it happens even in the local McDonald's and the Kaimore Road won't deliver to library. The, some of the local uh, takeaways won't deliver to library. And again, that's not unique to library. That happens in Spring Lane. It happens in uh, Houghton sites up and down the country, Galway, wherever it may be. And about your decision uh, to speak out at this time, mm -hmm. um, what was it about this particular time that, right. that triggered such an emotional response from you to stand up as a public representative and say, this is happening me? Yeah, because you just don't feel good enough. Do you know, like when I'm in Leinster House, I'm an equal member of, of the house. I know that, I feel it. I'm there almost three years. And I know this... Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wouldn't happen to another, um, to another uh, uh, public representative. And again, to just how a person could make you feel so low about yourself and within your, your, yourself in that sense of rejection all of the time. And again, to use the platform for something that, like if you have the voice to be able to use it and say, this happens on a daily basis, I'm nobody special. You know, this happens to ordinary members in, in, in my community too. As part of that speech, you said we have a long way to go before we tackle racism in this country. Do you think that when it comes to uh, discrimination against members of your community, that we are we are blind to it in Irish society? I think racism towards the traveller community is very casual racism. It's very acceptable uh, than what it is uh, other forms of racism. But I need to be very clear. In my opinion, racism is racism and it hurts, no matter if it's because of the colour of your skin, uh, if it's because of your um, your gender, whatever it may be. You know, we shouldn't accept it at any level, not in today's world, because it's live and let live. You know, last week when I spoke out, the amount of positive messages from ministers, from TDs, from senators, from um, the general population, from civil society. And there was some, not many, nasty comments in social media without them thinking about the young traveller child who has to wake up to Twitter, to Facebook, whatever it may be, and to look at the suicide rate within our community, to look at, you know, traveller women are six times more likely to die by suicide than women in the general population, traveller men seven times more likely to die by suicide than men in the general population. And this has an impact. Hate and rejection and racism and discrimination has an impact on not me, I'm okay, 
but our younger uh, younger children because you feel like you're 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 nothing and you're nobody okay. and you'll never be accepted for who you are and we need to create opportunities for members of all the all communities who uh, experience racism and discrimination you know all you have to do is google uh, enar and you'll see all of the latest reports on uh, racism and discrimination in this country um, Ian, when you hear Eileen speak, isn't this an uncomfortable tr truth that there is casual, it's casual, but it's, it's racism against travellers in this country? Well, and it's something that we don't want to openly talk about. Maybe we do, maybe we do, but it is there. I think there's prejudice against travellers, but I've never bought the racism argument. I mean, me and Eileen are the same race. That's something that I hold on to dearly to. But and there's a lot to pick in. What about uh, recognition of travellers, um, of traveller ethnicity? That was 2017. That was seen as a big moment, I think, for the travelling community. Well, I, th I thought that was one of the more pernicious elements of identity politics in Ireland, um, because all it does is it, it separates us, it divides us rather than unites us. But I mean, I, I completely understand and empathise with Ireland's frustration um, at the taxi driver. Because I've experienced that as well when I wanted to go to certain areas and the taxi driver wouldn't do it. But the, the, the thing is, my father was a taxi driver and he used to go up to one particular halt and say he dropped the lads off and he got on ground with them. And then a couple of times they just ran without paying the fare. So he went, I'm not going back up again. And, but then the worst thing that happened to him and the reason why he stopped being a taxi driver was in a settled community in a settled estate, a guy put a syringe to his neck and took his wallet. So bad behaviour, it's what taxi drivers call hotspots. Um, people, anti-social behaviour and taxi drivers are worried about their livelihood and they're worried about their safety. So you're and saying it, it's not because it was a halting site, it's because there are hotspots or hot no-go no areas. No-go areas. And are you are you underplaying Eileen's story here when you said from the outset that, you know, there's places that you're not trapped to by a taxi driver. No, well, it's, it's, it's not my place to underplay or overplay. I mean, this is Ireland's story. It's mm. not mine. You know, I, I can only talk about my own experience. Yeah, but you're saying it wasn't because it was a halting site. It wasn't because it was, it was a, a, a traveller's halting well, site. Well, I don't know. Was, I, it, I, I, I wasn't the taxi driver. All well, I, know I, is... I was in the car, uh, Claire, and just to say to Ian, we are different. We are completely different. I'm a member of the traveller community. You're not. I'm a woman. You're a man. You have more privileges in society than what I have as a woman and what the ordinary working class woman or black woman or woman from the traveller community Well, I mean, have. I'm so from Crumlin. Be, I didn't have any let's privileges. Be, let's be really you clear know? about that. That, like, you know, but uh, for, for what happened to me was the taxi driver did say, and the 99 call is, if it's recorded, I can easily get that. He said he's not going in there because there's caravans. That's, that was, and I did uh, look at the situation before I went in and obviously knew he was going to be safe. Um, but taxi drivers are afraid for their safety and they're justifiably afraid for their safety. And the only good thing I what think... What about going specifically going to halting sites? No, or? no, 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 going into certain areas, going into certain areas. Look, th there's a reason why... So does that, that make it okay that someone isn't dropped home? Well, you can drop them as near as the, like, the, the taxi driver's first I mean, was there a threat? Was there something there? Has there been incidents that have happened on, we, at, at that we, particular we, we've holding seen, site we've before, seen, We've There's seen bus instance. drivers in Ballymun and bus drivers in Talla 
refusing to do certain routes because they they don't feel safe. Because okay, so you, you don't feel that this was then a, a traveller issue per se, but just a, a safety issue? It's a safety for, issue. For this tax drive. Briefly on that. Uh, again, it was racism. It was discrimination that he wouldn't go into the site because of caravans. That was, he, that was his words. Um, um, yeah, it's just blatant racism in my in, in my experience, and to say that it's actually against the law to get into a when you get into a taxi and they they're going to take you to your location and then not take you to your location. That's against the law, and I, and and that's there. So if you know your policies and Lork, laws, you'd know that. Okay, I'd like to bring Lorcan in and uh, now. Lorcan, you've written about this, um, um, and the headline being "Why is being anti-traveller the only acceptable discrimination left?" Um, how is it accepted in Irish society, do you believe? Well, look, it, sh it shouldn't be accepted. Um, we need to get to a position where it's not accepted. But unfortunately, it is accepted. It's accepted, I suppose, on, on two levels. Number one, I don't think there's many people in the settled community, community who could honestly say they hadn't been, haven't been involved in a conversation where anti-traveller slurs have been used, have been used to either refer to travellers or even worse, to just refer to somebody who they think is involved in behaviour they don't like as if they're the same thing and they're not. And we need to start calling that out because we need to be honest with ourselves and say, look, worse, there are slurs that are used and we use them way too casually and we need to stand up against it. But also, it's obviously accepted at a societal level because listen to the statistics that Eileen just went through there. Listen to the, the health outcomes, the mental health outcomes, the education outcomes that members of the travelling community have. And we know those as a society and we're not doing anything to fix them. We're not doing anything on a micro level to stand up against the discrimination or on a societal level to fix the bigger issues. And the way I always look at it is, like, I have a little child now, she's 18 months old. And if I compare her to an 18-month-year-old, and if I, all I knew about another 18-month-year-old, nice, happy 18-month-year-old, was that she was a, a member of the travelling community. That's all I need to know, to know that she was more likely to commit suicide, that she had an, probably an 8% chance of getting to leave in cert level, versus my child, who, because she's in the settled community, has a 95, 96% chance. What justification is there for that? What context is there for that? What behaviour is there to justify that? Irish citizens, because of one element of their race, we are able to say, you're going to have those outcomes, we're going to have others. We have to do everything we can to finally push back against that. And pushing back against everyday elements is important. And sorry, last point, not randomly and jumping through hypothetical hoops to find justification for the behaviour of the taxi driver when a senator is telling us what happened. We don't know this taxi driver. We know a senator who's got a brilliant track record is telling us what happened and we're trying to find hypothetical hoops that maybe this is why the tax driver maybe had a bad experience and it, it would have to be a bad experience in that specific halting site because otherwise it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, I mean, Ian, to come back to you on that, um, you know, the, the statistics, as I say, would, would back up the fact that we are talking about a very marginalised community here and that does face discrimination on a daily basis when it comes to jobs, when it comes to uh, resources and services, when we see that the suicide rate is six times higher than in the general population, when 90% recently surveyed, I think, said that, you know, mental health problems are a growing concern. 90% of travellers say they have experienced discrimination. You know, we can't say that's not the case, can we? No, there's the, the, undoubtedly there's a prejudice against travellers in this country. But I think we're sometimes looking at things through the wrong end of the telescope. Um, there's cultural issues. There's, you know, and there's actually... Know, sorry, a, hang on. What, what's that? What, what's uh, the other, I mean, what's the other side and what are the cultural it's, it's issues? Taken, taken, the, the lack of education, taking young women 
out of school too early, for example. And this is something that a lot of travellers have spoken about. I mean, I get on very well with... Okay, uh, so is that that's a reason to what? Just, just discriminate or say, call out? Like, what, what's no, the cultural it's, it's, it's issue with that? Basically, to be quite honest, uh, the, the old traveller culture that worked for so long when the settled community and the travellers got on so well, it's just the modern world has moved on so far that it's just not really compatible. And I do honestly think, rather than having halting sites, I think people should go onto housing lists. I think we, people should have a safe space Eileen. to say. And I think Sorry, oh. education, education, education. Speaking oh. as a member of Eileen. the traveller community and somebody who went on, who wasn't took out of school, whose father and mother and family all valued education. Well, it, was, it, it was challenging, yes, and it does be for uh, many members of the traveller community. Let's uh, look at the system of, of the reduced timetable for members of the traveller community. Let, let's look at the inequalities that children in the, of the traveller community go through in, uh, in, in, in school. Our language, our uh, history not taught in our education system. That's something to look at. And I have to say, it like I have the height of respect for people's opinion, but nobody in this society can tell me that I am not a member of the traveller community because I fought too hard to be the woman I am today. And nobody can tell me that I'm the same race as them when I am a member of the traveller community, an indigenous member of this country. Uh, 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 Lorcan, when those in, in political and public uh, serving positions say vote against traveller accommodation in a given area, um, does it give power to those who say it's entirely acceptable for me to say I don't want to live next to a traveller family or there are issues here or the cultures don't mix or one group has moved on and the other has not? Of course it does. It, it fuels it. It fuels everything that we've been talking about when politicians don't stand up. You know, the fact that, you know, the money that gets ring-fenced for traveller accommodation gets sent back time and time again unspent uh, in this country because the councils won't spend it. So, of course, that fuels it. And look, unfortunately, all right, I, we would like more politicians to be able to take stands that are unpopular with the public and vote the way that they think that they should. But naturally, for their jobs, politicians follow the public very, very often. So it's only going to change when members of the public stop saying, not my problem, all right, or when members of the public start getting a little bit more active to it and start demanding that their politicians act in a certain way, that they start voting in a certain way, that they start spending the funds. So we have to get a cultural shift in attitudes first, that there's no but, there's no justification. It's something that as, a, as, a, as the settled community, we have to grasp and say, we have a role here in ending this discrimination. We have a role in making it better, even if it's only a small individual role, that together can have a cultural shift and politics will then follow. Do you agree I, with that, Dean? I do think the, the really true barometer of whether you're prejudiced against travellers or not is something that you just mentioned there a second ago. It was a very good point. Would you have a problem with the traveller family moving in next door, into the house next door to you? Um, if you will honestly admit that you would have a problem, well, then you're prejudiced against travellers. Um, I certainly wouldn't. Um, all I want is good neighbours. And it's, it really is. These are the, the, the basic questions we need to kind of ask ourselves. 
um, would you have a problem? Can I just say that that's, that's an incredibly low bar, first of all. I mean, it is a bar, but it's a very, very low bar for prejudice. And unfortunately, a lot of people learn to fall below that bar because, again, the polling will say that a lot of people wouldn't. Okay, but it's an incredibly low bar. I mean, we, we need to move past things, but we're, we're but even allowed to ask that it's, it's question. The mo- it's the most basic question yeah, that we can all ask bar, ourselves. But it's the lowest bar. Should we, we not be a bit better than that? We see now that's actually ministers who've uh, said that land is too valuable for members of the of the traveller community, and now they're like ministers, do you know, and uh, got their political career because they were anti-travellers, and, and, and unfortunately, and that's absolutely the, the reality. And I understand that Ian has been nice and... TV, but I can guarantee you if he was told tomorrow morning there's a traveller family moving in beside you, he would have a big problem with it. And that's just the, an, the unfortunate, uh, that's the unfortunate way, that's the unfortunate, uh, um, if you want to say norm, in, in, our, in our society. And when we talk about hate, hatred, you know, traveller homes has been burnt in this, in our, our Irish society for many years. We've seen it in Donegal, we see it in Galway, we see it all over. I mean, so how do you change the attitudes there, Eileen, up coming from someone who's in a community that feels targeted, feels discriminated against? Give What's the key to changing that attitude? Equality that you of opportunities. You know, travellers want to work. Travellers want to work. If you look at the um, if you look at the behaviour and attitude survey that was done in 2017, over 80% of people said they wouldn't imply a member of the traveller community. And we have to put in special measures that will, like uh, apprenticeships, that will create uh, uh, job opportunities for traveller men, uh, encouraging our, our young children to go on to the education. But it's not about access; it's about opportunity to be successful within these uh, 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 systems. And like we want to play an equal part of society. The majority of us do, but unfortunately we don't get that equality of opportunity to be able to do that. Okay, we're going to leave this there for now. Uh, My thanks to Eileen Flynn. Um, Lots more coming up after this break. We'll be taking a look at the decision to cancel uh, a drag event following complaints. Do stay with us. Welcome back. A drag show event at a Carlo Hotel has been cancelled after complaints. The event was scheduled to take place at a local hotel, but was withdrawn by the independent organiser. The hotel did tell us in a statement. Well, drag artists have expressed their disappointment at the move. Lorcan and Ian are still with me. I'm also joined now by drag artist Maura Dara. You're very welcome along to the show. It's your TV debut. Cheers. Thanks very much. Uh, thanks for being with us tonight. You're you very weren't, welcome. You weren't due to perform at this specific event um, in, in Carlo, were you? But, no, I wasn't, but, no. But are you surprised by the fact that it had to be cancelled? Uh, it's sort of expected at this stage. Like, I think every drag queen in the country at the moment is just baffled with, like, the online rise in, like, sort of us being targeted and, like, the, all the hatred just being spewed at us. Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, I kind of even shouldn't be here, although I am glad to be here. Uh describing that like a ticketed adult only event was cancelled like there's a demand for drag it's on the rise people want to see it we're happy to perform but yet there seems to be this issue that we can't go ahead with it so you know we have seen protests in the US do you believe because you're saying it's sort of blown up and it's it it, do you believe that there is like anti-drag sentiment that's creeping in here um or do you think it's just we, we are seeing it elsewhere and there's a perception that it might be here, but in reality, we're not seeing it so much. Well, it's almost just like people are just looking at America and what's happening there and just like, oh, I know, well, let's just bring that to Ireland. And like, it's not sort of working as such. Like, like we're becoming a bit too Americanized because we all know we all know American pop culture. We all know American mm-hmm. politics. Like, it kind of runs the world in a sense. So 
like you have the drag queen store, like children's books, like that's being banned. Like there's just like protests and like it's even banned in states. So because that's being discussed at such a global worldwide level, it almost seems like it's like taking, like it's literally on our doorstep now. Yeah. Um, imported culture wars here, Ian? Is that, how, is that how you'd see it? Welcome to the culture wars. America sneezes, we get a cold. Um, now there's two, there's a couple of separate issues that need to be interrogated with this. Is that I completely understand some of the objections to the drag, drag queen story or um, some of the videos are going, like a four year old doesn't need to be seeing Eric Big Clit and people like that. Um, but I oh. think this was a terrible decision because... What videos are you watching? So you take an issue with, uh, and this is, you know, what we've seen is there's story time for children there, there, and a sort of dra drag performance. Sort of is that what like, more, there's age-appropriate kind of things. Now, I've no problem with uh, drag queens. As I said to one of your producers, I've been to enough of them down the years. Um, what I have a real, real problem with is this show being cancelled. Because what we're doing is that it's the other thing, with the, apart from the drag hysteria that we're seeing, which is mostly ridiculous, um, although some has a point. But what is the point? Now, you're specifically, now you've talked about the, the, uh, the, the, the issue with, say, children's story time, which, and I think I, you would say, I presume, Maura, on this one, that it is it's spreading an anti-discrimination message but there, is it? But it's not new. Like, we've all been to pantomimes. Like there's like the like the Panto de Medi, that's drag. Like you we I know, some entertain. Was, some I'm still speaking. Very, some of us I'm still speaking. I didn't come here to be interrupted. Um, we've been entertained by drag for quite some time now, and it only seems recently that people have an issue with it. Like drag has been happening in this country all over the world for years, for ages. Like, and it's only in the past few years it's just that like suddenly. Some people have too much time in their hands and they're deciding to make an issue out of it. Suddenly, the big story, sorry, the big story here is that it's, it's nothing, the drag element is actually pretty extraneous or irrelevant. It's the fact well, that we now, but now, we now live in a society who's now where, facing a bunch, where a bunch of anonymous cranks can send in emails or social media things and get things cancelled. This is about cancel culture. And that's something, it's comedians are being hammered with it. Politi but we're not talking okay. about I want that. to just get Sorry, Lord, Lord, no. I just... But we're, we're here tonight because a drag event got cancelled. Okay, okay, so it goes beyond kind of cancel culture and it's looking more about how drag performers are, are, are being targeted. Um, I mean, Lorcan, uh, what, what, do you, what do you make on this, the broader context of what's happening, happening here? Um, Ireland not immune maybe from, from the, the growing cu culture wars that are out there. Do you think there's also a, an anti-LGBT uh, plus sentiment kind of coming through as well that's creeping in? Yeah, look, there's, there's two points anyway from my perspective on this. Number one is we are obsessed with American culture, um, which is fine sometimes, but in other times it really, really warps our discussions over here. We are not like America. Look, I'm part of I write about American politics. I'm into American politics. America have very, very stupid arguments in their country quite consistently. We are not similar to them. And so the more we try to impose their right left, their culture wars here, the less we'll actually understand Ireland and the more we'll get warped. People will think, oh, I came up with this opinion myself. You didn't. It's coming from America and it's be, it is coming through here. Would you concede or believe, though, that the influence is, is there now because of what, you know, social media, viral videos, protests being held, 
in certain small pockets of America that then are, you know, blown up, go viral and reach a global audience. This is it. And look, once it happens there, it comes over here. And once it's here, it's here. It doesn't matter that it's it's us, you know, in America. It, it, it is here. And it is an issue. Look, I, I, like, I don't see how anybody has an issue with, with the story time. You know, with the drag artists and kids. I think it's good for kids to see. Do you know what? If I do want well, Ian to... Ian has an issue with it. What? Well, I would disagree I with Ian. Issue, I would disagree I, with no, Ian, I've, respectfully I've an issue honest. with some of the elements of some of the things that have done. What but about the argument large, from more about the panto? No, kids it, go to see it, drag it, artists it, every Christmas. Look, if I could send you some of the videos of things for, you know, drag queens twerking in front of children and stuff like that. I don't like that. But the thing is, I don't... I don't do you twerk. do that? I don't I, twerk, no. It, 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 and my, but my fundamental what, point is that do I don't think, okay. have a problem with drag people. Right. And my main problem is that this show was cancelled and it should never have been cancelled because people caved in to a bunch of anonymous cowards on social media okay. and that's the way society is going. And that worries me far more than a bunch of drag queens talking to children. Okay, but do... Okay, and just briefly on this, Maura, um, I suppose the show must go on as far as you're, as far as you're concerned. Look, I just want to say, drag, we're not a threat, okay? We're happy to entertain and we want to entertain. We're not a threat. We've been doing this for ages. And right. I've been doing it quite well okay. if I have to do my own horn. There, like. we'll leave it. That's <laughs> it from us. I'm being thrown off air. Our programme is available as a podcast. It's on all major platforms. You can find us on Instagram, on TikTok, everywhere else. Uh, from all the late team here and our panel. Good night. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.